Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of The Vampire Diaries Diaries, your favorite weekly podcast where we reminisce about the very complicated plans of the crew in Mystic Falls, Virginia, as they tackle everything from homecoming to the takedown of 1,000-year-old feuds. My name is Beth, and I'm joined, as always, by my esteemed co-host, Claire, and we're excited to bring you this Bananas episode, Season 3, Episode 9, Homecoming. Oh shit! Yes, this one, this episode had everything. It really did, and, and more. <laughs> it did. Oh my god, so much violence, so much familial strife, so many plans and counter plans, and it was hard to keep track of. Double crosses and triple crosses and literal backstabbings and figurative backstabbings. Yes, and flashbacks from things that happened within the episode, which I feel like is something new that they're trying. Wow, we've got a lot to to get started on. We sure do. We heard a little bit about the upcoming homecoming dance last week, but this week is the actual homecoming. And the title, I think, is also a, a play on the fact that they're luring Klaus back home. Oh, and that right. Michael has come back home to Mystic Falls. It works on so many levels. Yeah. Wow. But uh, as we learned last week, Stefan's job right now is to lure Klaus back to Mystic Falls. So we learned that Klaus is currently in Portland, where he has tracked down a werewolf tribe or whatever you call them, pack. <laughs> <laughs> and... Stefan calls him up and is like, hey, what's up, bro? Your dad's dead. Yeah, he just drops that bomb on him, like, super quick. And Big Klaus thing. is like, tell me everything that happened, every detail. Because I think that he, right off the bat, he's a little bit skeptical. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he's been running from this guy for a thousand years. And it seems, like, pretty chill that they just managed to kill him. Right. <laughs> when he's been gone for, like, two weeks. But... We see Michael's daggered corpse lying next to Stefan, so we know it's true. We're like, what's going on? Did we miss an episode? <laughs> yes. But then it flashes back to one hour earlier. Wow. They really are doing this like weird stylistic thing with internal flashbacks this week, but they go to earlier at the Salvatore boarding house where Stefan and Elena and Damon are planning how they're going to convince Klaus to come back home and they're like oh well we need to convince him Michael's dead but how do we do that he'll know if you're lying because you're compulsion Stefan and my favorite early moment of the episode is like he's gonna want to know for sure that Michael is dead and Michael just strides in and says then I shall be dead Uh, it was another example of what Claire mentioned last week's episode where Michael was just waiting in the wings for the perfect moment to come in. He really likes to make a dramatic entrance and you really see the family resemblance between him and Klaus in this episode that they just really live for the theatrics. Yes. Even though they might not actually be related, I, I think Michael passed on some of his personality. Absolutely. And when you've been alive for a thousand years, I guess you have a lot of patience to, you know, wait for the right moment to do things. Totally. So there's a skill. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael explains that his plan for their plan is that Elena will use a dagger dipped in white oak ash, which mm-hmm. uh, we can learn it is the ash from the burned tree that we learned about last week. Uh, and dagger him so that when Stefan calls Klaus, he won't be lying when he says that Michael is dead. 
And Michael also reveals that he has a stake made out of the wood from the white oak tree before it burned down. And that's the only thing that can permanently kill an original. Wow. Okay. And that's his like big plan. They're going to use his temporary death to lure Klaus back and then use the super secret weapon to actually kill Klaus. But he won't tell them where the stake is yet, just in case they plan to dagger him and then just leave him. Yeah. Which is a smart move on his part. Yeah. So that seems like a mildly solid plan, and Klaus is at least curious about this phone call. Right. But he really wants to be sure that it's true, so he has to talk to Rebecca, who he doesn't realize has just learned that he killed their mom and is not too fond of him right now. So she lies and says, it's true, Klaus. Michael is dead. You don't have to be scared anymore. (laughs) I miss you. I'm miserable here. Come back home. And he's like, all right, BRT. (laughs) And then I think the next thing we see is Rebecca painting her toenails next to Michael's corpse. Oh, right. Yes. (laughs) She's a gem. I just love her. Well, she's got to start getting ready for the big dance. Right. And she's waiting for him to wake up because they removed the dagger. And this is the first time they've seen each other in like a thousand years. And she is cold as ice. Yes. Yeah. So Michael wakes up. He's like coughing and shaking off the weird grayness that (laughs) comes over vampires when they have their temporary death. And they just kind of get right to it. Yeah. Michael's like, Rebecca. And she's like, cut the bullshit. I don't want any of your like father daughter shit. I'm not buying it. So let's just skip it. Right, yeah. And he's, he's like, you were never the one I was after. It was always Klaus because he killed your mother. And she's like, okay, fine. He killed my mother and he's going to die for that. But you need to understand that you're the person who's actually responsible for all of this. Because Klaus wasn't born a killer. You did this to all of us when you decided to turn us into vampires. Yep. Which was a pretty good point, I thought. It was very true. Yeah. And it was nice that she got to tell off her dad. Yeah, get some closure. (laughs) And I just enjoyed how, like, chill and calm she was acting the whole time, considering she's been on the run from him for so long. Right. But she kept it cool. She did. Um, Unlike Klaus, she has some chill. (laughs) She does. I love Rebecca. I think she might be, like, my favorite character that we have in the whole series. Whoa. I don't know. She's Bull just a declaration. Good. Yeah. She is pretty great. I remember not liking her back in the day because reasons, I guess. Uh-huh. But now actually paying more attention to the show, I'm like, oh, actually, Rebecca's awesome. Yeah, for sure. She was dealt a rough hand. Yeah. <clears throat> so then I think we go over to Elena's house, yeah. right? Okay, so what's she doing over there? Uh, Well, Bonnie comes over, and they're talking about the dance. Okay. And Bonnie's like, why don't we just get the dance and decipher some more runes with Alaric? (laughs) Oh my gosh, so weird. So we know Alaric's still pent up in his apartment. It's like, what is there left to decipher? They already found the big family secret last week. He's doing more labeling. But he is obsessed, and maybe he took your advice from who should have done it last week and is just, like, having a sexual time with the runes. He is. Oh, my God. He's fascinated with his own intelligence. (laughs) (laughs) So Elena's like, hey, Bonnie, you know, you can talk to me about Jeremy, right? Like, it's fine. (laughs) 
And then Bonnie has a really great line here. She's pretty much like, listen, Elena, I can't talk to you about it really because he's your brother, but he fell in love with his ghost girlfriend and lied to me about it. It's unacceptable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like uh, those quick recaps that the characters give of like Mm -hmm. those plot lines are priceless. (laughs) And she gives this speech to Elena like, I know that you're mad at him, but it's like, you'll give him a lecture and teach him a life lesson, but he's your brother. You'll forgive him and move on, which is fine. I get it, but you can't really understand and we can't really talk about it. Right. Which is fair. And she's being very reasonable and understanding about it under difficult circumstances. So good job, Bonnie. Yeah. Bonnie, you're the best girl. She should be like screaming and setting things on fire with her mind right now. That's what I would be doing. I know. Especially because it's Jeremy of all people. Like, ugh. First, you have to date him, and then you have to go through, like, the process of the breakup after he cheated on you with his ghost ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Not cool. At least Jeremy, again, is not in the episode this week, so he seems to be laying low. Oh, that's why I'm liking these episodes so yeah. much. There's no Jeremy. <laughs> I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but there we go. <laughs> so he's fucked off to somewhere, thank God. Yes. We don't need to deal with his bullshit right now he would probably just be like why is everybody so mad at me he would steal all the rest of the white oak ash (laughs) and throw it in Catherine's face oh my god Uh, anyway (laughs) but uh, Elena says that they have to go to the dance I forget if they're already talking about the plan at this point but the plan center is around homecoming right so they're going I don't know who their dates are supposed to be or if they have dates. Maybe they're going together. That would be cute. Oh, yeah. I don't... Yeah, I don't know. Well, Stefan does come in and and he's like, really excited for the dance, guys. Damon, can I borrow a tie? Oh, yeah. Stefan. Oh, that's actually in the next scene, though, where Elena (laughs) and Damon are at the boarding house and... They're just, like, polishing some steaks or something. Oh, yeah. I think that they're, like, making a giant vat of wolfsbane or something. Yeah, Damon's definitely making wolfsbane in the sink. Uh And I think he's making some grenades. And Elena is just standing there with, like, a million of those little mini steaks that go in in the, like, wrist tool (laughs) of the crossbow. Right. Okay, yeah. They have so many weapons. Like, where are they going to hide these? Is it all going to be, like, thigh holsters (laughs) under their homecoming dresses? Uh, not if they're wearing the style that Rebecca was wearing last week. Oh, yeah. That would have to, like, go in their butt. If I know. One of those dresses. <laughs> but, yeah, then Stefan comes in asking for a special fancy tie from Damon. Right. And he gives this, like, whole little speech about how he can't believe he's 162 years old and still going to a high school dance and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, shut up. <laughs> this time last year, you were, like, happy to be going to these dances with Elena. Yeah, but this time he has to go because he's still compelled to protect Elena, and she has a bad track record, he points out, with high school dances. Yes, that was pretty funny. (laughs) It's very true. I mean, it's not a decade dance, so it might be okay. Right. So he's coming. I guess he'll technically be Elena's date. Sorry, Damon. Yep. So then we hop over to the school where our favorite 60s van is parked outside, and... Caroline and Tyler are there seemingly repainting it for homecoming. Well, Tyler has a glitter gun. Okay. And he seems to just be covering the van in glitter. (laughs) 
<laughs> as, as part of do. the dance decoration. Okay. It's like every time they have a dance, they have to add another coat of something on there. <laughs> it's probably so, like a whole like foot thickness of just right. paint. I know. And glitter, apparently. It's like the school's mascot. <laughs> the fighting drug vans. <laughs> so... Caroline and Tyler are like kind of catching up about the dance and I think somehow they get on the topic of Matt. Mm. Well, first they have to talk about how Tyler wants a snack and Caroline's like, oh, well, I think I have some blood bags. And he's like, no, I mean like a real snack. Rebecca knows some people who like to be fed on. We don't even need to compel them. Oh, yeah, that was creepy. And this brings us to this week's installment of That Reminded Me of Buffy. Uh, So those of you Buffy fans out there might in this scene think about our least favorite Buffy boyfriend, Riley Finn, and the time that Buffy wasn't letting him be a man, so he needed to go to vampire prostitutes and let them feed on him. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's horrible. So, fond memories there. Hate Riley. He's a real Jeremy Gilbert. (laughs) That concludes this week's Buffy Watch. Hooray! (laughs) So then they start talking about Matt because Matt apparently has been set up to take Rebecca to the dance because he has no friends anymore and he needs a date and Rebecca needs a date and Tyler likes Rebecca. Yeah. And he says, she's hot. Don't overthink it. I know. That was so gross. Come on, Tyler. Get it together. And then Caroline calls Rebecca the evil blood slut. She calls her that multiple times. and It makes me so sad. Yeah. I didn't like this one. I love you, Caroline. But don't call people sluts. No. (laughs) Simple as that. (laughs) The end. So... Caroline is very skeptical of this plan. She does not understand why they would be chill with Rebecca going to homecoming with Matt since he's a human and very fragile. But, I mean, that's what happens when you're Matt Donovan and you alienate everybody and Amy Bradley is dead so you can't take her. Right. He is just so alone, as we have established many times. Poor Matt. I'm so sad for him. Yeah. He did get a haircut in this episode, and he's looking a little better than he has in the recent past. Yeah. So. He's got that going for yeah, him. I just, that's the only nice thing I have to say. <laughs> so then we finish up at the school and head over to the boarding house where Rebecca is still living. And she's getting ready for homecoming and looking in the mirror, and she's wearing her red dress. And it's really cute. It seems like she's like a little bit like nervous for the dance Mm -hmm. um and elena walks in and they start kind of having a girl moment here yeah rebecca is wearing the dress that elena picked out last week which i thought was interesting because it seemed like elena just randomly chose one to make her not kill somebody (laughs) right but rebecca like really trusted elena's opinion and she went with that dress and i thought that was cute because she doesn't necessarily know everything about modern fashion yet right she's only been awake for like a week (laughs) yeah and it looked cute on her of course yeah She managed to pull off the weird second ruffle. Yeah, you need a certain body type to pull that off for sure. Yeah, and Rebecca's really excited. She tells Elena that she's embarrassed to say she's never been to a high school dance before because she was always too busy in the past. I'm like, (laughs) and also, did they have high school dances in the past? I know. We were like trying to think of like when the high school dance started. Somebody bing it for us. Yes, please. Sponsor us bing and we'll bing it ourselves. (laughs) Until then, we just won't know. Yep. We'll just be ignorant until somebody pays us. (laughs) 
And Elena, like, kind of takes a minute to thank Rebecca for being willing to help them get Klaus. And she's like, listen, I know it's hard on you, like, to deal with Michael, but thanks for helping us get Klaus. And Rebecca's all like, listen, I've been running for a thousand years for a reason. You cannot trust Michael. Mm -hmm. So she kind of gives a warning here. And she says, you can't trust any of the originals. Oh. Because they're all cut from the same cloth. Yeah. They were all made and raised by Michael, and he super sucks. Right. So Elena's like, okay, noted. And Rebecca then asks her how she looks, and Elena says, you look amazing, but it's missing something. And she pulls out the necklace. Oh, right. And puts it on Rebecca in kind of an echo of when Damon put it on her in the season premiere. And I was like, this is very romantic. Oh, right. Yeah. But then it takes a turn very quickly. She puts the necklace on and literally stabs Rebecca in the back with the dagger. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. I was very surprised. And I was like, wait, is that Catherine? And it wasn't. It It was actually Elena. Well, if it was Catherine, she would have died because only humans can use the daggers. Oh, good point. But the whole time that Rebecca is like turning gray, she's like, I'm so sorry, but we couldn't take any chances. Because I guess earlier she was telling Damon that she really doesn't trust that Rebecca can go through with this. Oh, mm-hmm. And that she's too much of a wild card and she's worried about the plan. Right. So Elena took things into her own hands and she just really stabbed did. the shit out of her. Poor Rebecca. She was so excited for her very first dance. Oh, I know. Now, I just, yeah, that's so sad. It was a real bummer. It was. Ooh, Damon. Elena. <sighs> David comes in with a good quip here, and he's like, this was very Catherine of you, Elena. <laughs> and he says he means it as a compliment, sort of. <laughs> right. And Elena feels really guilty, to her credit. She's like, I feel so bad, but I just couldn't leave it to chance. And Damon's like, well, listen, I have a secret backup plan that I'm not going to tell anybody about. And you're not going to like it because I don't want you involved at all. And she's like, okay. And then we cut away before he can tell her what it is because it's a secret. Right. This is the first mention of Damon's cryptic plan and the point in the episode at which I just start getting horribly confused about (laughs) what is the plan versus what is the secret plan versus what is being carried out. Yeah. And uh, some behind the scenes secrets of the Vampire Diaries diaries. We had to stop watching the episode at this point because it was 9.30 p.m. and we were all too tired. Yes. Oh, my God. I was falling asleep. So Beth has the excuse that she's pregnant. I have no such excuse. <laughs> so we all went to bed very early yes. and then woke up and finished the episode today. Uh, back in the day, we used to stay awake until 1 a.m. recording episodes and oh drinking. Uh, now we're just old. I know. Two years will do that to you, I guess. <laughs> uh, so... As we resume the episode today, we go to the high school where there's like a crowd of people outside and a bunch of commotion and Caroline's like, what happened? Oh my God. And Tyler strolls up and he's like, the gym's flooded and the dance is canceled. (laughs) Right. Like he says it so nonchalantly too. It's just very bizarre. He's like, the whole school's flooded. (laughs) Oh my God. But luckily, he says, he's decided to move everybody back to his house, and he'll throw a dance there. And Caroline's like, oh, great. Beer pong and kegs for homecoming. That's different. Yeah. So that doesn't seem at all suspicious. Not at all. And then we go to the Lockwoods, 
and uh, uh, Bonnie and Caroline come in together, and Caroline's like, how the hell did Tyler throw a better party than me at such short notice? Because there's, like, a giant, like, stage set up in the lawn with a band performing with, like, a fancy backdrop and a million people there. and Yeah, and there's, like, twinkly lights, and it looks, like, professionally designed. Yeah, it's very dubious, even for this show, so... Caroline and Bonnie are like, what the hell? And who are all of these people? Because apparently the only people who go to Mystic Falls High are our core characters. <laughs> right. Everybody else has been killed. There are like, I would say like 300 people at this party already when the characters yeah. show up though. Because there's people all over the lawn and filling the entire house. And yeah. That's a big ass house. It is. It's the Lockwood Manor. Yeah. So they go to, or Caroline goes to find Tyler to figure out what the hell is up. And then we go back to the Salvatore boarding house where Matt has arrived to pick up his date. Oh, yes. (laughs) Who we know is Rebecca, but Elena comes down and she's like, so there's a slight problem with your homecoming date. Um, How about we go together? So Elena and Matt end up going to the homecoming dance, a.k.a. Tyler's house, as a couple. Yeah, and they enter and Matt's like, this is weird, us being together, isn't it? Uh, and it wasn't until he not... said anything. Oh my god, I hate him. It's so long ago that they ever dated. It's been an entire school year, which to a teenager is like 10 years. Right. And he's had a whole other relationship in that time, and so has she. Yeah, and like, I just hate Matt so much. Like, he ha- his character has nothing to add to the show and no redeeming qualities so like they just have to have him like harping on things that have already happened in the past they need one character in there who's a human i guess and who also sucks apparently and who isn't like dating a vampire or a witch yeah yeah so he makes it weird and makes us all think oh god does he still have a boner for elena that's annoying but they go in and they run into somebody I think they run into Caroline. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) Elena's like, oh, Caroline doesn't know anything about the plan. Stay cool. Just don't say anything. And Caroline comes up and is like, hey, so guess what? Tyler thought it would be cool to let his master throw a party here. (laughs) Right. Uh, And we find out that, you know, while this was nice that it coincided with homecoming, um, the party was actually thrown by Klaus as a wake to Michael. Yeah, we find that out when uh, Tyler is walking outside with Stefan carrying like a giant crate of Heisler. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Always got to keep an eye out for our favorite fake beer. And Tyler's just very, again, cheerful and like nonchalant about all this information he keeps dropping to people. He's like, yeah, it's a wake, dude. Yeah, he's like all proud. Yeah. And we see Klaus get up on stage and take the mic and be like, thank you all for being here. This is an event that's been a long time coming. And it's like, nobody knows what you're talking about, but they're all drunk, so they cheer. I know. You get enough drunk kids together and say anything into a microphone, they're going to cheer the house down. Very true. And can we talk about this band for a second? Yes. Who are they? I don't know. Somebody bring it for us. It's like some weird mystery band. And it's not... 
like a foster the people or something who you would expect to be at one of these things. It was no. like it's like a bunch of like middle aged looking dudes with long hair and one of them is wearing a cape for a while. <laughs> right. It's like wannabe jam band kind yeah. of thing. There's a saxophone in there. I don't know. It was just It's very like a weird. Counting Crows cover band or something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Everything is a something cover band on the <laughs> Yes, there is no true band. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Calm down, Beth. <laughs> so I want to talk about the fact that nobody told Caroline that there was a plan at all. Which I guess makes sense since then she has, doesn't have to keep it from Tyler. But mm-hmm. it's also like, Caroline could be such a help with all of this. She could. She knows how to handle shit. Yeah, she never fails in, in during pressure, under pressure. Yeah, everybody else is always fucking shit up, but Caroline takes care of business. I know. So I thought that was an oversight. But it does help eventually when she has to like talk to uh, Tyler about it. So I guess... I can excuse it, but I thought it was a little weird. Yeah, no, that's a good point for sure. So then Klaus exits the stage and he starts walking through the crowd and catches up with Stefan. Mm. And he's like, oh, hey, Stefan, I've been planning this funeral for over a thousand years, blah, blah, blah. And Klaus basically starts explaining that now that Michael's dead, he is ready to reunite his family. And Stefan's feeling a little shady and he's like, oh, by family, do you mean all the people that you have scattered in coffins throughout the globe? (laughs) And Klaus is like, well, now that Michael's dead, we'll just let bygones be bygones. Now, where's my sister? (laughs) And Stefan's all like, I honestly don't know where Rebecca is. I thought she was coming with Matt. Right. Because they have kept Stefan out of the loop, I think, on as many things as possible because he can't lie to Klaus. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of what makes this whole plan so confusing is that every time I see Stefan, he's like, doesn't know what's going on. And I'm like, wait, why don't we know where Rebecca is? Oh, yeah, that's right. Because he's not supposed to know because of Klaus and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And Klaus thinks that he's lying. So he like really presses him. He's like, I don't know. Right. Now, BTW... How about I get a reward for helping with the Michael situation? You can free me from your compulsion. Oh, yeah. So good call, Stefan. But Klaus is all like, well, first, let me see my father, and then I'll give you back your freedom. When he's dead and his weapon is destroyed, Mm -hmm. because the stake can kill any of them. And so Stefan's like, oh, cool. Well, let let me bring you to him. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's the guest of honor at this party. He needs to come to me, which is a problem because he is no longer dead. Yes. So Stefan has to go uh, take care of that. And we see that back at the uh, boarding house, Damon and Michael are having a little chat. Uh, Damon's pouring himself a glass of blood and Michael's being a sassy bitch. And... (laughs) They're talking about how, why he drinks vampire blood, and he's like, I've learned to hunt the predator. And we get a little bit of nugget of information about something we've been wondering about, because Damon says that Catherine told him that he drinks vampire blood, so we know that she survived being drank by him. Oh, right. Because we haven't seen her since that scene. But... I just assumed that nothing could take that woman down. Yeah, you were right. (laughs) Not to worry. And, uh... 
Damon also wants to see this fancy original killing steak and Michael pulls it out of his jacket and it is the most gaudy ass steak I have ever seen. It is so extra. It's like the elder wand on steroids. Yeah, it's carved in like intricate like spiral patterns Mm -hmm. and has a fancy handle. It's like extra thick. It's a whole thing. Wait, is that from the white oak tree? Yeah, apparently... Michael fashioned a steak from the tree before they burned it down. Okay. Just in case. Just in case he needed it at some point. You know, he's the type that wants to be able to be sure that he can murder one of his family members should the occasion arise. (laughs) True. Normal stuff. And Damon's like, ooh, can I hold it? And he's like, no, I'm going to keep this close. Good call. And then Stefan drops in to be like, so, a little change in plans. Klaus wants us to bring your body to him. And Michael gets in some quips like, he's in for a colossal disappointment. (laughs) Yeah, so then Damon is pretty much like, well, okay, Stefan, now we have a different plan and it just doesn't really involve you. Mm -hmm. So then Michael straight up attacks Stefan and feeds on him and Stefan passes out. Yeah, and so apparently Damon was aware that part of the plan would be incapacitating Stefan, but he was expecting a neck snap. But Michael was feeling a little peckish, so he decided to kill two birds with one stone. Very practical. Indeed. So now Stefan's passed out in front of the fire in the traditional place. Like, I think Alaric once died there. That's where Uncle Mason got killed. It's a good place for having your blood drained from your body. (laughs) Wow, right. How many different rugs have they had to put there? I don't know. And those are expensive rugs, we know. Yeah. So then I think that Michael and Damon decide just to hit the road and leave Stefan there. Yeah, so he can't fuck anything up for Mm -hmm. them. And then we go back to the party where uh, Tyler and Klaus are talking, I believe. Yeah, you're right. So they're just kind of catching up. Tyler's all like, hey, Klaus, what's up, man? Good thing my mom's not here. (laughs) And then Klaus is like, oh, yes, all right, then. I compelled her to go to church and pray for your friends. (laughs) (laughs) It's like record scratch. No, it was so weird. It was kind of funny. Um, But then Klaus, like, leads Tyler into this conversation, and he's just like, you know, there's... Your girlfriend, Caroline, she's looking so cute. There's your friend, Elena and Bonnie and Matt. And don't you wonder why all of these other people are here at this party? And Tyler's like, yeah, I kind of do. And Klaus is like, well, I brought a few friends of my own. Um, And he goes on to explain that he traveled throughout the country and found a pack of werewolves in the Midwest, in Kansas and North Dakota and Seattle and that he's turned them all. So now he has essentially a hybrid army here at this party and he points them out and it's like a group who are looking all shady and they're like wearing all black. So they just stick out like a sore thumb against everybody (laughs) else at the party who's just having a good time. And they're also clearly adults. Yes, that too. Although many of the actors playing the children are also adults, so who can tell? (laughs) Good point, good point. So the point of this conversation is that Klaus, like, can tell that something weird is going on. So he's pretty much like, listen, Tyler, I feel like something's gonna go down. And I just want you to know that all of the hybrids that we have here would be obligated to retaliate if anything were to happen to me. Because they're all sired to me, just like you. Womp womp. Oh, well. 
So Tyler is kind of freaking out. So he goes and finds Caroline and like takes her to his room and is like, you guys tell me what the fuck is going on and what you guys are planning against Klaus. Yes. And she's like, I don't fucking know. What are you talking about? Yeah. And Tyler like just won't take no for an answer. And Caroline doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, he accuses her of lying, but she's like, listen up, bitch. I'm not lying, but if I did know something, I wouldn't tell your sired ass because you are on Team Klaus. Exactly. Thank God for Caroline. I know. And then Tyler is just like, all right. And then he just fucking vervain darts her in the neck. Yeah, he like takes a syringe to her neck. Yes. He couldn't have stabbed her somewhere else. Right. That seemed a little intense, but... He wants her out of commission so she doesn't get hurt, which, okay, fine. That's not how I would choose to do it. But, all right. Yes. So there's this whole trend of Klaus just going around the party and threatening everybody that if they try to kill him, he's going to kill everybody. Yes. And now it's Elena's turn. So he strolls up and he's like, oh, where's your date? And she says he's getting a drink. And Klaus offers Elena his Heisler. But she says no, because never take a drink from a strange man, especially yes. Klaus. Yep, she knows better. But he is like, oh, so I gotta thank you for killing my dad. That's pretty tough, daggering an original. She's like, ain't my first time, remember Elijah? <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot about, I forgot that it was Elena who had daggered Elijah, so. Yeah. So slightly more believable. Mm-hmm. And then he's like... Why do you seem so nervous? What are you planning? She's like, I'm not nervous. I just don't like you. (laughs) It's good. And then he gives her the same speech, like, give me your best shot, but you're not going to be able to touch me. I'm one step ahead. Ha ha ha. You won't succeed. I've been one step ahead of everyone for a thousand years. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay, Klaus. And then Damon arrives to the party, and he's stopped by a hybrid bouncer who is clearly, like, 45. Yeah. So the guy is like, sorry, no vampires allowed. And Damon is like, uh, no. And then he just pulls out his heart and throws it on the ground. He says, here's my RSVP. <laughs> okay. And heart rips. So ripping a heart out can kill a hybrid. Seems like the general rules apply. Ripping out the heart, probably decapitation would work. Staking would probably work. Mm-hmm. Good Seems to know. like they've made werewolves more vulnerable, but right, whatever. You do you, Klaus. And then we go back upstairs where Tyler has brought Matt up to help him get Caroline out of the party. And Matt's really mad. He's like, "You attacked Caroline? What's wrong with you, Tyler?" Ugh. Yeah. Oh, now you care about Caroline, right? And. Yeah, Matt's all like, oh, I don't, this doesn't seem right, blah, blah, blah. And Tyler's like, listen, you need to get Caroline out. There's some plan going down, and I need to be around to defend Klaus, and I don't want Caroline to get hurt. And Matt is like, how is that even possible? Like, why do you have to do what Klaus says? And Tyler's Mm -hmm. like, I can't explain. I don't know why. I just know that I physically can't go against him. So you need to get everybody the fuck out of this party before they all get killed by hybrids. Right. And so Matt is on cleanup duty, I guess. And we go, uh, he or Tyler goes downstairs where Damon just like grabs him and throws him into the study and is like, what the fuck? Why are there hybrids here? What's going on? Right. And they fight. Yeah, they get into a fight and 
It seems like it's escalating pretty quickly and Bonnie catches a glimpse of it and she's just like, oh, hell no. So she comes over and starts giving them migraines to break up the fight. Yeah, because David was literally about to stake Tyler. Oh, yeah. Who just tried to bite him, which would have killed him. Right, yes. So it did escalate quite quickly. And Bonnie's like, what the fuck, David? And he's like, he was going to bite me. I don't need that shit again. Remember right. what happened last time? This is why we're in this mess. <laughs> And I like here, Damon is like, Bonnie, you're not supposed to witchy migraine me. <laughs> yeah, we're friends. Yep. So Bonnie has played her part in this, and she notices that Damon was trying to stab Tyler with the white oak stake. And she's about to yell out, like, Damon, is that the white oak stake? But he's like, shh, yeah. they can all hear you. And right. And so they have a little conversation, like, why do you have that? Mm-hmm. And apparently Michael has relinquished it to Damon because he's the only one who's been invited into the Lockwoods who could actually, like, take care of it. Oh, So okay. he's allowed to carry it for now. Lucky him. Got it. So then Klaus is hanging at the party, having a good time, playing a little beer pong. Oh. And one of his hybrid minions comes up and she's like, Klaus, you have a visitor. And Klaus is like, hold on a second. I'm about to achieve great victory in this beer pong game. And she's like, his name is Michael. And then Klaus is like, all right, then time to go have a little chat with my dad. And this is where shit starts going really crazy. So Klaus goes to the door. He opens it. And Michael's standing across the threshold and he can't come in. So they greet each other and Klaus pretty much is like, oh, hi, Michael. I hope that you are enjoying yourself out there with my hybrids. All I have to do is snap my fingers and they will tear you apart limb by limb. And I would love watching you die. And then Michael's like, oh, look at the big bad wolf. Well, guess what? They're part vampire, so I can compel them. Yes. So they're sired by Klaus, but compelled by Michael. So there's definitely like a battle of the wills going on here. These poor hybrids were just living their werewolf lives. And now they're like double brainwashed by a couple of assholes and have to do their bidding. And that sounds terrible. Right. But uh, the one that we saw earlier whose name is Mindy and who has the same hairstyle that Rose had and it looks equally terrible on her. <laughs> uh, she brings Elena out and Michael's like, if you don't come out here and face me yourself, then I'm going to kill Elena and you won't be able to make any more hybrids and you're going to be lonely forever. Boy. Yeah. He's always playing class boy. Mm-hmm. It's very rude. And he's, like, hitting on all of Klaus's insecurities here. Like, he's, like, just harping on the fact that nobody cares about Klaus and that the only people who are loyal to him are people that he's created to, like, be his army. Um, And then Klaus is like, listen, my whole life you've underestimated me. I don't believe that you're actually going to kill Elena. So go ahead, fucking kill her, see if I care. And even if you do, all I need is for you to be gone. Right. doesn't matter if I can't make any more hybrids. And he has, like, a single tear streaming down his face. He does. He has all of the feels right now. And his feelings were hurt by his dad. Womp womp. And then Michael's like, all right, let's play ball. And he stabs Elena in the back. And she cries out and falls dead to the ground. R.I.P. Elena, show over. Yep. <laughs> Last episode. <laughs> And then Damon zooms in with the stake 
and stabs Klaus with it, like, in the stomach. I'm like, nice aim, bro. Right. Why wouldn't they just go for the heart? I don't know. It's like a Voldemort situation here where, like, you have a chance and nobody takes it. Yeah. And then a million things happen really quick. Uh, Elena pops up and we realize it's Catherine, which we should have known the whole time because she had curly hair. (laughs) I know. We thought Elena just got fancied up for the dance, but no, it was Catherine the whole time. Oh my God. Love Catherine. That was Damon's secret plan. And she throws a couple of grenades. We don't know if it's Ravain or Wolfsbane, but she throws them at the hybrids and it takes them out. And she says, kaboom, Mm -hmm. which was a a nice little bomb quip. (laughs) And then Damon and Klaus are rolling around on the ground. Damon's trying to stake him. The hybrids are getting bombed. Michael is chilling outside because he can't come in. And then suddenly fucking Stefan zooms in and throws Damon off of Klaus and ruins the whole plan. And Klaus pops up, he grabs a stake, and he stabs his dad, who then bursts into flames. Yes. And dies forever. Oh my god, he bursts into flames like from the stab wound, and it is just very real. And then it engulfs his entire body, and that's the last we see of Michael. Wow. So the plan went wrong. Yeah, it sure did. So what I think the plan was is that Damon would kill Klaus and then they'd be rid of Klaus forever and Stefan would be free. Stefan would be free. The compulsion would end when Klaus died and then Michael I guess would just leave and not care about hunting vampires anymore. Yeah I'm not quite sure what their Michael plan was but I guess Michael wanted Klaus dead more than he wanted anything else so. But Damon had poor aim and Stefan woke up and uh, helped Klaus because we remember earlier Klaus had said if Michael dies and the weapon's gone, because the weapon burned up with him, then you'll be free. And Dame is like, what did you do, Stefan? What did you do? Right. And Klaus is like, he's earned his freedom. Thank you, my friend. You're free. And they gaze into each other's eyes very romantically for several beats. They do. Then Stefan walks away. Wow. That was a scene. It was quite a scene. A million things happened. We've seen our first true death of an original. I'm not going to tell whether we see it again. Okay. It was very fiery. We couldn't see it again because that's the only thing that can kill them. Oh, yeah. The weapon is gone. So bye-bye, Michael. You sucked. I'm glad you're dead. And, yeah. So we then go back over to Tyler's room where, or maybe we're back at Caroline's house because Matt took her out. But Caroline's waking up from her verbatim nap. (laughs) And Tyler walks in and he's just like, listen, I'm sorry I stabbed you. And it is so funny. Yeah. And he says it kind of sarcastically too. Like, I'm sorry I stabbed you. <laughs> right. Get you out of there. And she's like, how the fuck can I trust you when you're sired to Klaus? I like can't do this. You're, you could have just told me that something was going down and I should go home and watch Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> And Tyler makes kind of a good point. He's like, listen, if you knew that all of your friends had this master plan to take down Klaus, you wouldn't have left. So I had no choice but to vervain you. And she's like, okay, but uh, you're one of the bad guys now. So that's a problem. Right. And And Tyler says that he's okay with being a hybrid, which is the first time he's really said that out loud. He's okay with being sired to Klaus. And we learned that it's because Tyler doesn't have to turn into a werewolf anymore unless he actually wants to. So the curse of, you know, turning on the full moon has been removed. 
And that does shed some light on like why Tyler's been so enthusiastic about everything because we know from last season how terrible it was to transform. It's like breaking every bone in your body, like screaming in pain for hours. So he doesn't have to do that anymore. He doesn't have to have a super period. And <laughs> he's very happy about that. He isn't like, he wouldn't choose to be sired to Klaus, but he's like, if that's the price I gotta pay, then fine. Mm-hmm. My life is better now. And please don't abandon me now, Caroline. You stuck by me through so much. And she's like, ah, gotta go. Yeah. And then Tyler's like, I get it. And he leaves the room. So it seems like maybe the end of the Tyler and Caroline relationship. Yeah. And it's like, what would you do if you were Caroline? I'd be like, fuck off. Like, I I understand, but I can't be in a relationship with somebody who is literally incapable of resisting the orders of somebody who's like trying to kill all my friends. Right. Yeah. It's just not a situation you could get over. Yeah. It's an untenable situation is what it is. So we leave those two ex-lovers and go over to the boarding house um, where Damon is looking into the fire and just beating himself up because he had the perfect plan and it got blown. Yeah. He and Elena are sort of debriefing and he's like, we accounted for everything. We thought of what if they had hybrids. We thought about what if this and what if that. Where did we go wrong? Ah! And he throws his drink in the fire. And Elena's like, listen, calm the fuck down. We will survive this. It's going to be okay. We survive everything. She like takes his face into her hands and is like, and he says, uh, we're never getting seven back. You know that, right? And she says, all right, we'll let him go. Wow. And that's the first time I feel like we really hear Elena, like, being over Stefan. Yeah, she, like, has not given up on him this whole time. And now she's finally like, all right, this is what Damon needs. Right. So I'm willing to do that. Good point. It's definitely a moment between the two of them, but it's quickly interrupted by a (laughs) cell phone call. Um, (laughs) And it's Catherine calling Damon. And she says that she's calling him to say goodbye because she needs to put as much mileage between her and Klaus as possible. And she's like, you know, Damon, it was a good plan, but it is what it is and I'm out of here. Yeah. And then Damon's like, all right, Catherine, take care of yourself and then hangs up. And then this is where the double twist comes in. Oh, yeah. Because Catherine is not by herself in the car, as we would like to believe. She's sitting there with fucking Stefan. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Damon can never know why the plan went wrong. Yes. And then we flash back to the party when Klaus <laughs> was talking to what he thought was Elena. And we see an extended version of that scene in flashback form. It's all, like, saturated and hazy, so we know it's a flashback. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, take your best shot, but you won't succeed. And she says, it won't be for lack of trying. And then he reveals that his hybrids are under orders, that if Damon or anybody tries to kill him, that his hybrids will kill Damon. And Catherine's like, fuck. Right. So basically, she goes to Stefan. Who's just waking up from having his blood drained by Michael. Yes. And she's all like... Listen, Stefan, I need you to care and turn back on your humanity, because even if this plan goes through, Klaus will be killed. Fine. We'll have our freedom. But Damon's going to be dead. And it just seems so far fetched to me. But then Stefan was like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. And Catherine's like, listen, I'm totally fine with doing the Klaus plan. So this is all up to you. Because, you know, at the end of the day, even though she 
doesn't necessarily want Damon to die. She's in it for herself. So she is okay if it goes that way. She's okay if they kill Michael instead. Um, so she's like, it's up to you. You got to decide if you care enough to save Damon. I'm like, he literally did that last week. I guess you weren't <laughs> there to see it. But we have to see if his love for his brother can overcome his lack of humanity. And surprise, surprise, it does. So he goes and stops Damon from killing Klaus and gets his freedom back at the same time by killing, helping Klaus kill Michael. Yay, the plan worked. And he doesn't want Damon to know why because, again, they find it impossible to admit to each other that they love each other. Right. Even though it's so obvious. I know. And makes this whole situation so confusing. And if he would just be honest with Damon and said that he did it to save his life, then we wouldn't have this, like, division between the two of them. Yeah. But So I think it's partially that Stefan won't come to terms with his feelings, but also with his feelings about Damon, but also he, like, can't turn off or he can't turn back on his humanity in full. He's, like, trying to tell Catherine, right? Yeah. He's like, it's too much to let back in all at once. Yeah, and she talks about how, like, it's so easy to turn off your humanity, but then it's always trying to get back in, and sometimes she lets it, and she wanted Stefan to save Damon because she loved them both once, and, you know, she still cares, and she wants him to turn his humanity back on because she likes him better that way, which was cute. Yeah. And he's like, no, like, after everything I've done, I can't do it. It would hurt too much because he's a scaredy cat. And hates feelings. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, listen up. I need you to get mad, so you gotta deal. Right, and we're like, ooh, Catherine wants Stefan to get mad? What's what's next in this saga? Catherine always has a plan. She does. There's always one, like, waiting in the queue. <laughs> I know. Oh, so good. So we end the scene between Catherine and Stefan in the car, and then we get a shot of Stefan um, calling Klaus. Mm-hmm. And Klaus is like, oh, hello, old friend. And Stefan's like, hey, I'm just calling um, to thank you for my freedom. But then he says something like, but my freedom came at too high of a price. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to seek revenge against you. Yeah, I'm pretty much laying it all out there. And <laughs> right. uh, this whole time, Klaus has been walking up to like this truck that we know is going to have the coffins in it because he's trying to call Rebecca at first. Right. (laughs) We get a shot of Rebecca's like desiccated corpse with the phone ringing next to her. (laughs) He's like, sister, where are you? It's time for a family reunion. But then he's talking to Stefan on the phone and Stefan's like, revenge. And he opens the truck and it's empty. And we pull back to reveal in Stefan's location that he has all of the coffins. Right. Oh, my God. So Stefan's all like, listen, I know that you said that you've been ahead of everybody for a thousand years, but were you prepared for this? Uh And then it's the end of the episode. Wow. So much happened. Yes. Almost too much happened. I know. We had like four plans and like two of them, like half the characters didn't know what was going on. So it was very intense. Yeah. Wow. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a really good episode, though, I thought. Yeah. It was a big one. Like, huge stuff happened. Right. Stefan's a free agent now, and he's got his own sassy plan. <laughs> he's still got his sassy, no-humanity personality, but he's, like, fighting for the good guys now, which is fun. Yeah. 
we don't want him to be boring again. No, God forbid. And Elena seems to be ready to let go, and that's big, because she's been, like, holding on hope for Seven this whole time. Man, things changed. I know. They sure did. Papa Original is dead. Wow. And it was so spectacular the way he just burned up like that. Good Lord. Yeah. And it really seemed like Michael was going to be around for a while. He was, like, maybe even going to be the villain of the whole season. But nope. He's gone. Nothing can take Klaus down now, right? Because the the Mm -hmm. fancy white oak dagger is gone. Or white oak stake or whatever the fuck. And his, the entire rest of his family is currently daggered and in coffins. Well, right. actually, I'm not sure where exactly Rebecca is. She might just be, like, in the basement of the Salvatores. Yeah, I don't know if they carted her away quite yet. Yeah. Uh, and Stefan is now the one carting around some coffins. I wish he would wake up Elijah. Right. But I understand that's not part of the plan. So what do you think is going to happen next, Beth? I don't know. This seems like a big turning point in the season. Yeah. Um, now that we have Stefan against Klaus, it should be interesting because he's been on Klaus's side for like, I feel like a season and like definitely this whole season. Yeah. So for like nine or 10 episodes. Yeah. So now that he has his freedom back and isn't under the compulsion, I, I think that at some point he's going to have to make amends with Damon because it's the only thing that makes sense mm. as a next step. But things don't always make sense in this show, so I'm not sure. True. I'm interested in what they do with Rebecca, if they'll just throw her into a coffin or if they'll <laughs> let her come back. I'm not sure. Poor Rebecca. I know. I mean, she wouldn't have been able to go to the dance anyway because the gym was flooded. Right. So, so she would have had to go to the weird concert yeah. wake. Slightly less sad, but still. Yeah. <laughs> I still feel bad. I know. Just when it seemed like she and Elena could be friends. I know. They were having a moment. It was sad. If I were her, I'd be real pissed. Me too. So who you want to punch? Hmm. This is a tough one. I want to punch so many people for so many different reasons. <laughs> I have to think about this carefully. It's important. It is. You only get one punch per episode. I know. (laughs) I think that I have to punch Klaus. Okay. After some careful deliberation, because (laughs) he, he screwed up the whole plan and he's still alive. And it's making me really nervous because all of everything the characters have been working towards for a season and a half is killing Klaus to protect Elena. Um, and now that Michael is gone and the weapon is gone, it seems like there's no options for killing Klaus left. So he's here with us forever, it seems like. And Klaus um, is pretty mad at everybody right now, and that's never a good situation. Right, yeah, he could, he's gonna come back with revenge for sure. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna punch him. Good, good choice. Who are you gonna punch? I'm going to punch Michael for a couple of reasons. Uh-huh. First of all, it's the last chance I'll ever have to punch Michael, and I didn't get to do it last time. Good point. Good point. <laughs> and also, he just was a dick to the end. He was, like, so overdramatic with everything, like, really pressing Klaus's buttons. And not that I like Klaus or, like, want good things for him, but a lot of the reasons for how he is now is because of how he was abused by his dad many years ago, which doesn't excuse his behavior, but it's right. like, you still don't want to see somebody 
re-encountering their abuser many years later and having that dude, like, get to them. Right. No, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Just the way he calls him boy and you little coward and all that shit. It's like, just calm the fuck down and go to family therapy. Like, calm Jesus. If there's ever been a family who needs it, it is this one. (laughs) And I thought that he got verbally uh, punched by Rebecca, which was good. He needs a physical (laughs) punch, too. Yes. In addition to being flamingly dead i support this decision for real (laughs) so who you want to high five um catherine yes yes oh my god i just love catherine she is all i feel like she's like the mastermind behind everything like every time like something is about to go down catherine's like always waiting in the wings with her own plan Mm -hmm. to come in and shake everything up um i was (laughs) I was so happy that it was her yes. when Michael stabbed who we thought was Elena and also so disappointed that we didn't know that it was Catherine because her hair was curly. All the signs signs were there. I know. Um, (laughs) Even though her plan was like far-fetched, I felt like a little bit with the whole Damon's going to die, turn on your humanity, blah, blah, blah. But she did it to protect both of the brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah. again, she admitted that she loved both of them. She I don't did. know if she's ever admitted it to Stefan before. Yeah, I don't think she has. I don't even know if she's admitted it to Damon. Yeah, I think she only told Elena. Right, right. So she's doing the Lord's work out there in <laughs> Mystic Falls. <laughs> I approve. Uh, who you want to high five? I got a pretty shocking one. Oh, all right. Bring oh, it on. I want to high-five Stefan. Oh, wow. I don't think I've ever high-fived him before. I don't think you have. Tell us why. Well, like you talked about last week, I like this version of Stefan where uh-huh. he like has a personality, he's sarcastic, and, you know, not at all like the boring drip that he was before. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciated that he killed Michael, or helped to kill Michael, because Michael sucks. And even though Klaus also sucks, he's a more interesting character, so I'd rather see him stick around than Michael. Yes. And he did it to save his brother. He did. And that's always sweet, even if he can't admit it to himself or his brother. And I just liked the phone call at the end of the episode where he was so sassy to Klaus and, like, really relishing it. (laughs) He was. And he had some of the Klaus-style dramatics. Yeah. Oh, my God. He was being so sassy on the phone. So enjoy it, Stefan. I don't know if I'll ever high-five you again, but I thought you acquitted yourself pretty well in this episode. I think that was a really good choice, Claire. Bravo. (laughs) So now that I just high-fived a man, uh, we have to go to the opposite end of the spectrum and ask why Armin. Uh, Yeah. So the one thing that just keeps jumping out at me in this episode is Tyler stabbing Caroline to Mm -hmm. take her out of the party. Yeah. it's again one of those things where we have a man making a decision on behalf of a woman to protect her but not letting her know why or be part of it or give consent to be literally taken down and passed out for x amount of hours while all of her friends are in grave danger yeah and it's not like caroline can't take care of herself i know that girl is unstoppable how many imprisonments has she wormed her way out of How many older vampires has she taken down? Right. They may be stronger, but she's angrier. Yep. Yeah, that was fucked up. And also Tyler's whole vibe that he has his own valid reasons for, like, being okay with the situation. But he 
still wants to like guilt Caroline into being okay with him. It's like there's no way that Caroline can be in a relationship with him if he's like this. Yeah. And he's trying to like play on her emotions like, you gotta keep standing by me through all this bullshit. You stood by me like when my friends kidnapped and shot you. You stood by me when I was being a dick. Like Right. Maybe not bring up all of the shit that she's had to put up with already when you're trying to get her to stay with you. I thought that was weird too. Like his excuse for them needing to stay together was because she had been there for him before and it's like okay that doesn't Hasn't change the current situation enough? yeah it was weird and it, she didn't even really say anything when he said that like she's obviously very conflicted and it's sad but they truth be told they weren't even really in a relationship like they slept together a few times but like she said he still hadn't earned the overnight like they're not going on dates like there's yeah. something between them but it's not like an established like we are boyfriend and girlfriend yeah i feel like it was more of like a like definitely a sexual thing but also just like caroline unilaterally supporting tyler and him not giving that much back to her yeah so caroline should get out hopefully she'll stay strong Mm -hmm. i don't really remember what happens next so that's exciting and then, you know, there's just the same stuff from last week with Michael and Klaus and the right. way that they relate to each other and, like, take out their male aggression on everybody else. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we really need to rehash that very much because Michael's gone and Klaus is going to give us plenty more questions to ask about why our men yeah. go forward now that he has survived and the weapon is burnt to a crisp. Klaus gonna Klaus. Indeed. So that brings it to our favorite segment, and I'll ask you first, Claire. Who should have done it? Oh, man. There were so many choices in this episode. I'm really torn between two. So I wonder if you'll say the other one. Okay. But I'm going to have to go with Rebecca and Elena. I was going to say that one. That's a good choice. I was going to say that last week, but your uh-huh. husband stole it from me. Damn him. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was like the scene until the moment where... Elena stabbed her was so sweet and it seemed kind of romantic to me like she was telling her how beautiful she looked she gave her back her necklace her yep. mom's necklace like she had come to the realization last week that Rebecca's just a girl whose mom died too young so she knows how much that necklace means to her and that it also was something that bound her to Stefan and she gave it back wow. even though she then stabbed her <laughs> she at least felt really bad about it and I just think like instead of them both caring about Stefan, they should be with each other. I think that that was a really good choice. I saw those vibes too. (laughs) What about you? I have to pick Stefan and Klaus. That was my other choice. Oh my gosh. There was a lot of tension there. Like you called it out like when we were doing the recap. Um, But when Klaus gave Stefan... Was it when Klaus gave Stefan his free will back? Yeah, and they when looked they like they the were compulsion. about to kiss. Yeah, and then, like, they were pretty much... Yeah, they had a moment where they were doing, like, the Twilight thing where they showed mm-hmm. Klaus, they showed Stefan, they showed Klaus, they showed Stefan. Nobody's and, talking. Yeah. They're just staring into each other's eyes. Right. There was definitely some tension there. And, like, despite the fact that Stefan was compelled for most of it... They had gone through a lot of shit, and Klaus is a fucking lonely being, and Stefan was kind of the only friend, quote-unquote, that Klaus had, so. And there was just, like, a little glimmer of an expression on Klaus's face, which I thought was really well acted, 
that like when he says thank you friend mm-hmm. he has this like hopeful look on his face like he really hopes that even uncompelled Stefan's gonna still want to be his friend right and yeah he gives this like little smile like timid smile and I was like oh god I'm feeling for Klaus this is terrible but it was like can we still make out later <laughs> uh, I know consensually this time yeah instead of being compelled but yeah, definitely a choice for this week. Um, I feel like the actor who plays Klaus is really good. Yeah. I noticed he's like a really good villain. I noticed <laughs> when he was going around on his campaign to warn everyone about <laughs> crossing him at this party. Um, he was just like so evil, but mm-hmm. also accessible in like a chatty way. I don't know. He's a good, good actor. Good job, Joseph Morgan. Yes. Is he on anything else besides the originals? Um, nothing I've seen. Yeah. I know that he was in something or other with Emily Van Camp because they used to date. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. But then she went to be on Revenge and started dating that guy. Oh. Oh, Emily Van Camp. I like so many things she's in. <laughs> Show romances. <laughs> Showmances. Showmance. So, I guess that takes us to the end. This was a pretty quick episode on an action-packed episode. It was. The episode itself moved quickly, so I guess that makes sense that ours did too. Uh, So if you have thoughts or questions or really anything that you want to share with us, you can mystic follow us on Twitter at The VD Diaries and on Facebook at The Vampire Diaries Diaries. You could also find us on Instagram at the underscore VD underscore diaries underscore podcast. And you could give us a listen and rate, review, comment us on a bunch of places where you listen to your podcasts, like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and of course, SoundCloud. Yes. And we'd love to hear from you always. We do. You'll always be in our hearts if you share your thoughts. And we won't compel you to share them with us. We'll leave it to your own free will. Yes, we have freed you from your compulsion. (laughs) And we hope that you will still stay with us. He's a ripper. Mozzarella.